This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. You think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system. Figure it out or get off the podium because you know what? There are people like me and a lot of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out. It's not a high bar. Raise the freaking bar. And it's funny how one person can uh, have such an effect. I don't know how many times I heard that clip or saw that clip. Love it. In the last 48 hours. Uh, you know, a guy expressing what a lot of people feel. And I just wonder, you know, I was reaching out to a number of people yesterday in the legal community, particularly, what what are the policy things around this whole teacher situation? That guy was obviously talking about teachers claiming that we're just trying to protect the kids. And he called them liars and cowards uh, for claiming that. The parents, the kids... The, in many cases, the administration, the scientists all say open the schools. The teachers unions say, no, we're not going to. Let's talk to Lon He Chen, David and Diane Steffi, fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lon He Chen. Lon He, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. What a, what a compelling clip. I mean, yeah. to hear the emotion and just to hear the, I mean, you know, expressing what a lot of parents around this country feel. And, and sincerely feel it's not it's not like fake anger. It's just no, no. fear, feeling 
frustration. Yeah, and, and I, I had, appreciate his eloquence yeah, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have. The, I've had that level of of anger throughout this whole thing about the schooling and everything like that. You're a lawyer. You understand policy. What can be done legally? What can be done policy wise to deal with this situation? The teachers' unions seem to just have all the the, the cards here. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, what you're seeing is that in in the public education system, what you are seeing is the product of decades of essentially collusion between school boards, school administrators, and the teachers' union leadership. You know, it's not, in many cases, it's not rank-and-file teachers. You know, a lot. I know a lot of rank-and-file teachers who just want to get back to work. What I do know is that there are a lot of union leaders, a lot of union stooges out there, who are only interested in protecting their own jobs. And they're trying to figure out essentially how can we do that. And the only way they do that is by being relevant. And the only way that they're relevant, quite frankly, is by pushing back on what is in many cases a common sense and science supported idea, which is let's get the schools back open. Let's get the kids back in. But when you have decades of this that has essentially gone unchallenged in many states, this is what you end up with. I realize that it differs state to state but what about just firing all the teachers uh unionized teachers who won't show up to work like reagan did with the air traffic control you're paid to do a job your excuse for not doing the job is bogus so you're fired well you know what what districts could do if they actually had you know some courage is essentially to do what what happens in many settings which is uh, essentially, you figure out, are there are there replacement teachers? Are there people who are non-unionized you can bring in? But here's the challenge, guys. No school district, I think, well, at least not many school districts that I know of would do that because the school districts in many cases are run by school board members. And, and by the way, you heard this clip, right? School board members in many cases are supported by the teachers' union. They are in power. They are there because of the teachers' union. Again, not universally. There are some parents and some other community leaders who've taken a courageous stand and said, look, we're going to go and and stand for election to school boards to stand for the right things, getting our kids a quality education, ensuring that they have the facilities they need, all of the important things that come with a good education for our kids. But in too many cases, guys, too many, these people on these school boards are there because of the unions. They are beholden to them. And therefore, they will not vote. They will not vote to do the right thing. They will never vote to cross the unions. And that's how you end up where you are. One of our fantastic listeners dropped us an email today, Lonnie. I had not known this. One of the, if not the biggest teachers union in America, the California Teachers Association, the people who run that union are themselves in a union, a different union, and they have better benefits than the teachers that they represent, Whoa, which is really a hell of a deal. Uh, t- talk to us in general about public employee unions and, and why FDR, of all people, was against them and, and why it's a, a very dangerous idea. Well, look, you, you know, the, the idea of unions is, is actually something that I don't oppose. You know, I think that the concept of having unions in the private sector where you have represented employees engaging in a negotiation with Employers, multiple employers trying to figure out how to improve conditions for workers. That's one thing. Public employee unions, there's no competition in, 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 in the negotiation. You have a single entity, the state government in most cases, or local government, whatever it is, it's government, that you're trying to negotiate with. You essentially are hiring people to negotiate against yourselves because the people paying these workers are taxpayers. 
They're not corporations. They're taxpayers. So essentially what you have set up is a negotiation where people are negotiating against the taxpayers. And that's the problem with public employee unions. Uh, It's not about trying to drive a better bargain with a private sector employer who has freedom of contract, who has the ability essentially to say, these are the terms under which I want to hire someone. This is very different. This is people trying to essentially get benefits over taxpayers. And that's the challenge of public employees. And that's the the reason why people have opposed them. I read a funny thing yesterday that showed that kind of a negotiation with the, the public sector since their negotiation, they're just talking about somebody else's money. I we we want a two percent raise. We'll give you three. Let's make it four and part as friends. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So a couple of quick points. Yeah, private industry unions are there as an oppositional force. They're to oppose the uh, the power of the employer to do whatever they want. And that's fine. It's freedom of association. It's very American. But there is no management in government. I mean, theoretically, they're there to represent us, the taxpayers, and and our interests. But number one, even in the best scenario, they're going to do what's expedient as politicians. And number two, in a place like Corruptifornia, for instance, the unions have figured out, wait a minute, we can turn out all of our members, so we'll get our union lawyers elected as government officials. And so our current union lawyers will be negotiating with the guys who were union lawyers last week, and the minute they're termed out, they're going to be union lawyers again which is why California has a, an unfunded pension atomic bomb that's going to go off. So, anyway, anything well, you'd like to add on to that or, or disagree right. with Lonnie? No, I mean, that's, that, that, that's all right. And, and in, in fact, you raise a really important issue, which is, you know, you talk about the very generous pensions that many public workers have, by the way, far more generous than what, you know, pretty much anybody who works in the private sector has. And those pensions have been negotiated, and, and we continue to kick the can down the road on the obligations that have to be paid on these things. You know, you talk about, for example, the health care benefits that are provided to uh, public employee workers in, uh, excuse me, public sector workers in California. Many of those benefits, by the way, are far more generous than benefits provided even under Obamacare. So a couple of years ago, when there was a negotiation between one of these public sector unions and the, and the agency where they work, the argument made by these union stooges was essentially this. We don't want Obamacare. It's not good enough for us. And then the same people go and turn around, and you know what they do? They fight for Obamacare. They say, hey, Obamacare ought to be available to more people. And in the, the hypocrisy of that, the hypocrisy of saying, it's not good enough for our people, but it's good enough for everybody else. Wow. That's why people get aggravated and they get yeah. angry with these public sector well, I don't want to leave people feeling defeated here on a Friday. So if, if we're listening wherever they're in the country, your kids aren't in school. You want your kids to be in school. The, all the science says they can be in school. Legally or politically, what should people be doing? Can we get a class action lawsuit where all the parents get together and say, hey, I'm owed something and I'm not getting it? Or... Uh, are, are you saying we should just, uh, you know, fill Zoom school board meetings or what What should we be doing? Yeah, I, I, I love the concept of speaking directly to those who are in a position to make change and telling them that, that, that we've had enough. You know, there's a group that formed recently in California of parents, the grassroots grassroots movement of parents throughout the state. And by the way, this is not a Republican thing. It's not a Democrat thing. It's parents who are sick and tired of their kids being at home when they should be in school, coming together 
And, and, and all they're doing is they're making their voices heard. They're making their voices heard at the school board level. They're making them heard at the county level. They're making them heard at the state level. And that's a really important thing. Uh, you know, activism matters. We've seen it over and over again. And this is one example of where, you know, yes, could you use the judicial system? Of course you could try. That's going to take years to resolve. We don't have years. Mm. This crisis is happening now, and that's why activism now is so important. Yeah, I think it's got to be marching uh, on the schools peacefully, of course. It's got to be showing up en masse to the the school board meetings and that sort of thing. And uh, and it's complicated. A friend of mine who's on a school board, was the president for quite a while, said, yeah, the problem is the board, in, in his case, wants to do the right thing, but the uh, teachers' union is constantly threatening to sue the board and the school district and the rest of it. And it's some bloody-mouthed hardball uh, to do the right thing, which is uh, why... Uh, you know, a lot of the great economic thinkers of all time have said that the, the worst of all uh, monopolies is a monopoly on education. It's the most dangerous one. And the public school yeah. system in the United States has become something like an aggressive, violent monopoly to the point where they uh, they fight against the idea that you can take your kid out of a bad school and put him in a good one. I mean, it's morally bankrupt, It's and it's illogical. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it does come back to this problem that when you're talking about many of these unions, they are able to have an influence over the political process that quite simply is outside. So they are able to reinforce the power monopoly they have, whether it's in state capitals or whether it's in the local school board. They're able to do it in a way because, you know, if you look at how much money these unions spend on political activity, it's staggering. It is absolutely staggering. And the amount of money that they spend, how involved they are, their ability to essentially handpick the candidates they want, they're able to perpetuate the kind of monopoly that has brought them to a position of power over the last three or four decades. And this is what you end up with. What we are seeing now is, a, is, is the real fruit of their labor. And I think for the mm. first time, a lot of parents, a lot of voters are seeing it, and they're sick of it. Lanhee Chen is the David and Diane Steffi Fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution, host of the podcast Crossing Lines with Lanhee Chen. Lanhee, thank you so much for the wisdom. We appreciate it. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah, that was really good. That's the best yeah, thing I've heard on this stuff. stuff. And, and meanwhile, you remember uh, Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez of Cal Unicornia, who is the gal who got uh, the infamous AB5 through that tried to change all gig workers into permanent employees. From your Ubers and Lyfts to hairstylists to x-ray technicians to to musicians and artists and set designers, just everything. And it ruined so many, threw so many people out of work. It ruined hundreds of thousands of lives. Well, she did it because she wants everybody in the union. And she just introduced another bill this week that would clear the way for capital staff people to form a union if they so desire. So the government, which is union goons, would have staff that are union goons negotiating with the union goons. One final note I just happened to read this morning. Uh, the uh, And again, it's uh, about corruptifornia, but by God, th- those of you in the other 49 states follow the horrific example of California at your own risk. Uh, they cited several of the giant union obligations that were sold to the people of California. Oh, this pay for itself. The employees kick in some money, and they do. Part of their paycheck, they kick into their pension. And then we use that money, we invest it, it will grow, and it'll totally pay for their benefits. After a 10-year unbroken bull market, <laughs> a lot of these pension obligations were at 
55% funded, 60%, maybe 65% funded. After a bull market that was impossibly uh, rich. And will never happen again, probably. And, and yielding. Yes, and it'll never happen again. They're at barely 60% funded. What a scam. Well, vote or vote with your feet, folks, I got if you're m- in one of these states. Armstrong and Getty. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.